When your philosophy becomes about philosophy, it becomes a pompous and lifeless shell. Philosophy becomes fully alive when it is about being human and truly living. Welcome to the Zen Stoic Path, where we share a modern take on timeless wisdom to help you develop unshakable inner peace so that you can live a liberated life. I'm your host, Victor Pierantoni, and the co-founder and head liberation coach. Be sure to follow me on social at victor.liberatedlife for daily content. Let's get into the show. Let go or be dragged. That is a rather intense title for this first episode back after a while of not recording, but it is a very important topic because a lot of the time, the stuff that stresses us out, the stuff that plagues us, that weighs us down in the day-to-day are all the things that we hold on to, whether they're from our past, whether they are arbitrary fail points that we've created in our present, like having the perfect routine for the day, and then if you miss a single thing or two things, all of a sudden everything becomes derailed. The idea here is to be able to let go. As human beings, we're going to make mistakes. We're going to slip up. We may even break our commitments to ourselves. And a lot of the time, some of that is not actually within our control. A lot of the time, external factors may come in that violate our plans. There's always that saying that I really love, which is, if you want to make God laugh, tell him your plans. In Zen, this idea of small mind and big mind are brought up. And small mind is the mind of the ego. It is the mind that believes that it is right and tries to make plans in our life, tries to set out and attach to these preferred futures. Now, there's nothing wrong with setting goals and having a sense of direction, but when we begin to validate ourselves based on these arbitrary plans that we create with the egoic mind and then make ourselves suffer because of it, that's when we get ourselves into trouble. It is like we've talked about on this podcast before around the noble truth of Buddhism, whereas the first truth is the truth of suffering, and the second noble truth is the root of suffering is attachment. And attachment is when we do not let go of our arbitrary ideas. Much of what Zen talks about is that we suffer because we create noise in our minds, and then we attach to that noise and we never let it go. We start to identify with our thoughts. We start to identify with our feelings. And we don't allow ourselves the freedom to just exist in the present moment, which is why Zen is oriented specifically around living in the present non-dualistic moment, which is why meditation is such a great practice for that, because it really connects us to the present and creates this sense of timelessness. Now, one thing that's really interesting about this idea is that we will arbitrarily create rules for ourselves, expectations for ourselves, and those expectations are not actually real life. Those expectations are what we create for ourselves, or those rules are what we create for ourselves, very similar to the idea of the finger pointing at the moon. The finger pointing at the moon is not the moon. But most people, when they get confused or when they get hung up on their life philosophies or their the teachings that they follow or the belief systems that they follow, oftentimes what they're doing is they're focusing on the finger pointing at the moon and mistaking it for the moon itself. Now, in that symbolism, the moon we can think of as truth, whereas the finger pointing at the moon could be the teaching or the mechanism to which we use to point at truth. And we point to truth with 
various different things. We point to it with religion. We point to it with political beliefs. We point to it with societal beliefs. And when we do so, we get hung up on the pointing mechanism rather than the truth itself, rather than having direct experience. I was listening to a book today called The Five Personality Types, and they were talking about how one of the most important skills when it comes to your energy is the ability to tap into your sensory experience of life because that is direct experience. That is what Zen really talks about is this idea of direct experience by being and living in reality to be perfectly and simply human. And the example that they gave is when you eat a strawberry, your mind and your thoughts automatically go into this idea of trying to make that experience means something in your mind by saying, oh, this strawberry is delicious or it's sour or it's, it's not sweet enough or it's too sweet. And we create this noise in our head where that noise is not the actual reality of eating the strawberry, but the noise is rather our abstractions of it. And while that may be a silly example for everyday life, it is how we end up disconnecting from our actual direct experience of humanity. So this episode is really focused on the Zen Stoic intention and delusion set of embrace versus resistance. When we embrace, we are loving what is, we are accepting what is, and we are dropping into the presence of our direct experience in life, of the experience of our own humanity. Whereas resistance is holding on to things, it's clinging on to abstractions, it's clinging on to ideas, it's resisting the human experience in favor of identifying with the egoic mind and the ideas that the ego wants to bring up. So one of my favorite stories around this idea that actually really helps us to let go is the story of the two monks in the river. And I've told this story countless times, whether it was on this podcast or in coaching sessions, but this story always brings me back and allows me to let go of all the stuff that is not in my direct experience. Allows me to let go of all the abstractions in my head and all the nonsense flying around that doesn't mean anything. And so the story goes like this. There were once two monks who embarked on a pilgrimage to find the best monastery in all the land so that they could attain enlightenment. One was a senior monk, the other a junior. Despite their differences in experience, they shared one key element in common, their commitment to their practice. These monks were not messing around when it came to their practice. They vowed to themselves to do whatever it took to attain enlightenment, including ridding themselves of all distractions that may prevent them from their goal. They even went as far as to vow to never interact with a woman along their path and pursue a life of celibacy, to never even look a woman in the eye. And this served as a demonstration of their commitment. One day, along their journey, they were walking through the forest and saw a choppy river, up ahead that they needed to cross and as they approached the river they saw a beautiful maiden in a silk dress the woman looked dismayed as she needed to cross the river but wouldn't be able to without destroying her dress without any hesitation the senior monk gestured to help her get across by carrying her and she accepted the senior monk carried her across the river and put her down the junior monk then followed and they parted ways from the woman to continue to walk their path Hours later, the senior monk looked over at the junior monk, who looked stressed out. All of a sudden, the junior monk blurted out, I can't believe you picked up that woman. We vowed to never even look a woman in the eye, and yet you picked her up and carried her. How do you reconcile that? The senior monk simply turned to him and said, I put her down at the river. 
why are you still carrying her? This is a very simple yet profound story because much of the time we take ourselves out of the experience of our own humanity by attaching to these arbitrary rules, by attaching to the pointing mechanisms to truth without actually experiencing truth itself. The junior monk was resisting his own humanity by rejecting and shaming the opportunity to help a fellow human just because it went against his arbitrary rules he set for himself, whereas the senior monk embraced the need his fellow human presented spontaneously in the moment. He acted without hesitation. So the way that we let go is by connecting with our own humanity once again. There's a great story, it's a very short story in Zen, where a student asks his teacher, Master, what is enlightenment? And the master replied, when hungry eat, when tired sleep. And what the master was referring to in this is this idea that enlightenment or Zen is to be perfectly and simply human without having to keep an eye on itself. And as Marcus Aurelius said in Meditations, human beings are made for each other. We're made to cooperate with one another, made to respect and be kind to one another. Not to attach to our arbitrary rules and mental mind games that we play in the pursuit of truth and righteousness and good. And in our everyday lives, we might be set on, for, a, a, for example, a specific morning routine or a specific set of activities that make us feel productive every day. And if we miss one and create that fail point in our day, we end up beating ourselves up because we've created noise in our mind based on arbitrary rules that don't actually mean anything. Here are the key takeaways of this episode. Rules may give us guide rails to move towards goals, but they will not create fulfillment of what we most desire. Zen is not about following a set of rules or doctrines, but instead it is to be perfectly and simply human, wholeheartedly without having to keep an eye on oneself. The senior monk realized that his rules, vows, and prestigious practice meant nothing without his humanity. When your philosophy becomes about philosophy, it becomes a pompous and lifeless shell. Philosophy becomes fully alive when it is about being human and truly living. We never hold on to actual realities of events in our lives, but rather abstract memories of what occurred. Carrying around abstract memories weighs us down and doesn't allow us to move forward. Everything changes. Life ultimately exists in a state of impermanence. The more we attempt to cling to what was and pursue insoluble problems as a means to validate our identities, the more we will perpetuate our own suffering. Love your path. All of it. The good, the bad, the pleasant, the unpleasant. You must play your hand of cards that life gave you as best as possible. You don't play any better by looking at the cards of others or wishing that your cards were different. You play the best when you don't just play your cards, but love and embrace the hand that you got. This means to focus on what you can control and to let go of what you cannot. Sometimes on your path, things will happen out of your control. Do not resist them. Embrace them. Allow them to become part of your path. Allow them to, be, to become part of your human experience. The idea here is be present in your humanity. Let go or be dragged. Think to yourself, what am I holding on to? What rules am I holding on to? What have I made up in my head and taken as truth? And what can I let go of today? What is causing me stress, anxiety, and tension? And make the choice to let it go and set yourself free. 
I hope you enjoyed this episode. It is my mission to help as many people as possible to live a liberated life with unshakable inner peace through the content on this podcast. Subscribe to this channel with notifications on to be notified daily whenever we share a new episode.